0: The Colorado Business Roundtable unapologetically tells the story that business is a force for good in our community, featuring conversations with thought leaders from academia, business, community, and government. Welcome to A Seat at the Table with Debbie Brown.
1: Thanks for joining us today on this episode of A Seat at the Table with Debbie Brown. I'm Debbie Brown, your host, and I'm the president of Colorado Business Roundtable. We bring together thought leaders from academia, business, and community, and government to come together and talk about issues that affect Colorado's business community, but in a larger sense, Colorado's economic vitality. Recently, we had an ESG event that talked about ESG, which stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance, and the implications it has on the business community, on risk assessment, on businesses being able to really tell their story and how they're giving back to the community. And there's a company in Colorado that's been doing that for quite some time, is Cap Logistics, and we work with uh, some of the founders of CAP Logistics. We're some of the founders of Colorado Business Roundtable. Today, we're excited to welcome Richard Goring, who is the Chief Operating Officer for CAP Logistics, Integrating Sales, Operations, and Accounting. Richard is also spearheading CAP's ES&G program. So
0: welcome, Richard. Hi, Debbie. It's great to be here.
1: Great to have you. And it was really wonderful that you all were helping to host our recent ESG event and really tell Cap's story to a great audience focused on a very specific issue. So appreciate you're willing to host that event. And again, come on the podcast and tell us more about what you all are doing with your own company.
0: It was a great event. We really appreciate the opportunity to sponsor and push forward, you know, uh, an ESG program that can help us uh, not, not only as a private business, but also as a community.
1: Well, before we jump into all that, all the tough questions,
0: you know, perhaps on
1: that topic, tell us more about you. Tell us about your journey. What led you to uh, be at Cap Logistics in your current role?
0: I'll try to keep it short. Uh, I went to yeah, it's
1: a short program.
0: I started my career uh, as a football coach, uh, going to college and realizing that uh, you can't get by on a coach's salary as a football coach. It was important to have videos on the teams that we were playing in the next year or the next uh, weekend so we would have to fly these videos from our competitors in, and my job was to to go to the airport, grab these films, drop off our films to the next teams, and uh, and bring those back and have those ready for the coaching staff to make sure they were ready for the next game. You know, fast-forwarding today uh, in logistics, I spent... uh, most of my career around building products and logistics, for me, uh, logistics is really uh, an important part to get, you know, things from point A to point B, right, in the most efficient manner.
1: Uh, well, Richard, first of all, I didn't realize about your football coaching days. That's so fascinating. I was a sports mom and very clueless on the sideline, but I knew one thing. I knew I should never say a word to the coaches except thank you. And then if I ever wanted to do anything to help the team, I would raise money and then like not say anything, but say thank you. And so uh, let's just say I was a very good sports mom as far as the coaches thought. So it was well, a good experience. I, I really
0: appreciate that, Debbie. You know, for <laughs> me, you know, I've been coaching my entire career, even though I'm I'm no longer in football. I realized that, you know, every day uh, coaching is another form of selling, selling ideas and getting people to, to, to get better each time.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. So jumping into ESG, you shared at the event a little bit about how CAP is approaching ESG. And I'd love for you to share more about that. I think especially interesting as a privately held company, you know, you're not necessarily concerned about investor reports, but you're really taking the concept of ESG and thinking about what kind of company you want to be. So tell us more about that. What are the choices that you've all made internally?
0: You know, going back to our founder and CEO, Gail Denninger, um, has always lived by the manner of it's good business to be a good neighbor. Since I've been with CAP Logistics, it's been about really formalizing what we've already been doing for the community, how we've been governed, and what we can do for the, uh, for the outlying environment. Today, really, we took 2022 to formalize our ESG program. Uh, we did that in in a couple different fashions. First and foremost, we started tracking our carbon footprint, and we use a, a software called Sustain Life, where we can actually put in our uh, phase one and phase two and phase three uh, environmental data, and really get a scientific meaning for what our carbon footprint is. Secondly, we didn't want to stop there. We now that we're measuring it. We're trying to get better each year. This year in 2023, uh, I'm proud to say that we'll be putting uh, solar on top of all three of our buildings here on our Denver uh, corporate headquarters.
1: Which is amazing. I first, my first thought is a as a logistics company measuring your carbon footprint. To me, you probably have a pretty substantial carbon footprint. There's not a way to haul things around, you know, easily. But it, is it sort of a mantra of what's measured gets done? So at least you know what your baseline is. And then as you look for improvements, you can measure it because you you at least know where you started. Is that sort of the thought in that?
0: Absolutely. We You first start out by measuring. Secondly is put some goals that are attainable uh, that we can still grow as a company and be profitable. But at the same time, being able to uh, be good stewards to the environment.
1: So as a logistics provider, you work with clients across industry, although I know you have some industries here in Colorado like mining, energy, et cetera. Are there ways you've been able to collaborate with some of your clients when it comes to ESG? Any
0: examples of that? Uh, Debbie, thanks for the question, because I was just up in Calgary uh, talking to uh, a significant pipeline customer and uh, talking through ways that we can collaborate on our ESG reports and the critical part is, as a, a vendor uh, to a customer, I still have uh, a way to affect their carbon footprint. So together as a team, we opted into the Smart Waste Program, which is an EPA program here in the U.S., and it is in Canada as well. And we're driving more of our carrier base to that Smart Waste Program. And the Smart Waste Program uh, by the EPA is really around tracking the efficiency of our trucks and uh, and the best means possible to get uh, from point A to point B.
1: So, and I do that with the business roundtables around the country in terms of sharing best practices. So it just makes sense, you know. I might come up with a great idea, somebody else wants to copy it, or or you know, the other way around is probably more likely. But it's similar to that type of collaboration, you're learning from each other and working together to solve problems, which is really cool.
0: Absolutely. And I'm, I'm really excited. You know, we just had a meeting this morning with a, a global concrete company talking about ESG, and they've got some big goals to go uh, carbon neutral by 2050. And the only way they're going to do that is with their vendor base in total support.
1: And circle back, I'd love to hear more about the solar project. It sounds like you've had some pivotal moments even just this week on that. What's the end result on that, Richard? I know you're partnering with other folks in the community. How are ultimately people's lives going to benefit by what you're putting into place?
0: Debbie, the the big idea here was not to just put uh, enough solar to um, adequately uh, support the power needs of our facilities. But to do an extra 100% on top of that. So 200% of our energy needs, we've got solar panels on each one of our roofs. And the goal here is to really generate energy credits that we can donate back to uh, low income and nonprofits in the Swansea neighborhood. One being Prodigy Coffee House. If you've never been there, they've got a great mission statement helping uh, kids in the community and working with the city. Uh, to be able to uh, donate those credits back to low-income housing. And, uh, you know, I've got to give props to uh, Jennifer over at Colorado Energy Outreach. She's going to be our catalyst to be able to get these energy credits back to these, uh, these folks in need.
1: Yeah, and she's a powerhouse, you know, that's just kind of pun intended, but really has been in that space for so long. And I know she's enjoyed working with you all. To make that happen so it'll be fun to hear about next steps for you in that way
0: yeah i you know the exciting part for me is really getting the word out here's private business doing something right for the environment but taking a couple extra steps to actually help the community at the same time
1: yeah tell us more i know you mentioned gail denninger the founder of cap he of course is the founder of Cobert, so he's got a lot of you know feathers in his cap for sure and I am reminded also about his his quote: "It's good business to be a good neighbor." And of course, at Cobert, we talk about business as a force for good. Tell us some other ways CAP is giving back. There's a lot, too many stories to tell. But I'm curious, what's top of mind for
0: you? Well, the, the top of mind for me is uh, Gail has always been a, a philanthropist, really helping the community. And you know, the the most recent one with the uh, the recent uh, pandemic with COVID. Uh, the state here in Colorado and the state of Utah were in dire need for K95 masks. Uh, so we took it upon ourselves to to, to source those uh, over in Asia and have a, uh, a plane filled up with masks and brought here to Colorado and to Utah, and we donated those back to the state.
1: Yeah, I remember that during COVID, and it helps that you, again, are a logistics company because you've got expertise to find, to find them is probably just half the battle, but getting them here in a timely way, you know, was really um, an amazing story during COVID.
0: It, it really was. And uh, I was very proud of how quickly we acted. The community leaders and, and really, Debbie, with your help, um, we were able to find out who was in need the most. And we, we got those sourced as quickly as possible. And I think it took roughly about seven days where the rest of the country was really having a hard time finding any.
1: And Richard, just to wrap us up too, love that story, but I think we missed at the very beginning a little bit about what CAP does. So I'd love to circle back on that. We just jumped into your mission, how you give back, what you're doing with solar panels, how you're helping change lives. But for people who are listening to this, these are industry leaders in academia, business, community, and government, um, well, tell us, give us the short plug on what CAP does. There might be folks listening who say, you know, I need a logistics company to help me, you know, get some of my uh, products moved around the world. Tell us, tell us more about what you do in a big picture way.
0: Well, Debbie, in a big picture, uh, we help heavy industry uh, maintain uh, their uptime. Uh, we have all of our operations personnel are trained in uptime logistics where we're trying to get the quickest means possible for our customers and giving them options on their freight, uh, depending on their need. Um, when heavy industry is open 24-7, when they need a part to get back up and running, they call CAP. We do more than that, Debbie. You know, I, I was really <laughs> excited to say that um, through Cobert, we actually met some uh, very interesting people in Saudi Arabia. And uh, I, I just got confirmation this morning that I can talk about this, but we actually moved the Red Bull stunt plane from Seattle, Washington, to Saudi Arabia for a publicity stunt where this stunt plane actually landed on the tallest building in Saudi Arabia. Wow. So Pretty exciting. So we do a little bit more than just heavy industry. We just brought the uh, U.S. bobsled team back as their uh, official partner. And moving bobsleds is not an easy task.
1: Wow. Well, that's like moving Michaela Schifrin's skis. You don't want to mess that up. Right? That's, no, the,
0: the team you going to be really be ready, good. The team has to be ready when, when the, the, the red light turns green.
1: Okay. Yeah, that does help me give a different sense. I was always picturing boxes of stuff, right? And now it's very, there's some specialty in that item. Well, that's really, that's really neat. Um, well, it's just been um, fun to work with Cap and you and Gail and Rebecca on all the good things you're doing, not only here in Colorado, but across the world in terms of your business and definitely, you know, aligned on business as a force for good. And there's not a greater example than cap logistics. So appreciate you being on Richard. We're going to end up with a couple of lightning round questions, just to spice things up, put you on the spot, okay. no math, I promise. But um, the first one is, and I, and I love like keeping track of this, but what is your favorite powerhouse lunch or happy hour?
0: You know, I would say happy hour would have to be with my wife at vice kitchen in Golden.
1: Okay. What makes it great?
0: Uh, You know, just the atmosphere being up in the mountains. It's still kind of a suburb of Denver, but we're, we're up in the mountains close to Red Rocks. So it's easy to get to. And we just love the atmosphere.
1: Nice. Nice. What's your favorite binge? Could be a book, a podcast, a Netflix series.
0: Well, I'm a coach. So I binge Ted Lasso, a great inspirational, (laughs) uh, yet comedian type. uh, series.
1: I love that show. And season three is about to come out any day now, I I think.
0: I can't wait.
1: Me too. Me too. I'm probably going to set my alarm so I don't miss it. And then last for you, what's your best business advice that you've received to help you get a seat at the table?
0: You know, I, I have to go back to college days. You know, the best advice that I've ever had was, you know, sacrificing temporary pleasures for putting the game.
1: That sounds like a thing a coach would say.
0: Absolutely.
1: Well, uh, thanks so much for being on Richard today. Really great insight about what you're doing around ESG, particularly as a Colorado homegrown company and all the good work that you guys do in the community and, and to help businesses around the world. Appreciate you being on.
0: We really appreciate being here. Thanks, Debbie. You bet.
1: And thanks everyone for joining us. This has been A Seat at the Table with Debbie Brown and we're glad that you joined.
0: A Seat at the Table with Debbie Brown is a production of the Colorado Business Roundtable. You can find this episode, a listing of our upcoming events, and more information about our organization at cobrt.com.